Coming live from Atlanta, Georgia, USA is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Dan Hovington, founder and CEO of Five Forges Training and Development. And we'll be talking about why we are happiest when we serve. And it will include a whole gamut of things about life, work-life balance, and work. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you, AJ. It's my pleasure to be here. Look forward to our discussion. Right, right, Dan. Thank you for joining us. So, Dan, you help people reignite their passion, recover their confidence, and rediscover their joy. And you know, even if somebody has lots of money and he feels that he has got a lot of things accomplished and still even if he is winning at work but you ask them whether they are losing at life and have a happy and dissatisfied and are living somebody some some another life so which you ask in a manner is whose life are you living what do you mean by this let's start from here okay no i i really think it's powerful a lot of people i talk to you know they talk about success and they talk about happiness and when you really get down to it they're pursuing what they believe is success and happiness and often we form our beliefs by those that we see and so the role models we have in our life they may have decided that um, material possessions make them happy they may have decided that titles in a job make them happy they may have decided that a certain level of, of financial freedom makes them happy and it it's really a very individual thing as is true in a lot of cases, right? We have to form our own relationship with what success means for us. And we have to define what happiness means for us. And it may or may not be working 45, 50, 60 hours a week. It may or may not be owning your own business and, and going out and sort of chasing the brass ring and accumulating material possessions. It may or may not be that. And in most cases, as we mature and as we grow, as we have some success, we find that really giving back and growing as a human being is really where we're happiest. It's really where we feel we have value when we're positively impacting the lives of others. And it's a very powerful um, you know, cognitive truth that we learn is that when we are giving back, when we are helping others, we are closest to our divine ideal. And that's a concept that's worth a discussion too. At some point, we'll talk about that. But that's what right. that's what we do, right? We help people right. define what it means for them, and then readjust right. their goals and activities to pursue it. Right, right, Dan. So you see, you say that you have found many people do not have the clarity on what happiness and success really means for them. So right. it means it means the people you are talking. Uh, are generally successful people and they should have been happy people. Uh, right. Such smart people who have achieved so much success in work and you got enough, uh, you know, security uh, for themselves in terms of financial success. Then why is it that they are not able to figure out the happiness part of the uh, of everything as they along the way? Why, why is it so difficult? You know, it's interesting, but I think our, our biggest challenge is, is relationships with other human beings. And so 
when we neglect those relationships, they often become where we don't know them very well, right? And so you'll find people when they focus on things, then they're not focusing on people. And when you when you get out of touch with the people in your life and the people around you that matter, you know, it's either you you have an epiphany yourself or life will give you an epiphany. You know, life has a way of, of smacking us upside the head and reminding us of what really matters. If we don't do it on our own, if we don't realize on our own, you know, I've checked all the boxes. I own this kind of a house. I drive this kind of a car. I make this much money. I go to this place on vacation and I go, you know, I, I visit, give my parents great Christmas gifts and my kids great uh, other great material things. But when we don't connect with people at a real level and understand what makes them happy and how they're motivated and what, what they like to hear and what they need from us as a friend or as a parent, even as a as a, a peer, as a colleague, you know, we're missing out on the on the true meaning of how why we're living our life. You know, if you could be on a, a, a deserted island by yourself and have all these material possessions, what does it gain you? And then, you know, it's the joy that we get in, in sharing ourselves and being authentic and being vulnerable is really one of the greatest meanings, I think, of being happy, you know. And you can be successful. You can be, you cannot be successful if you're unhappy. Let's put it that way. You can be financially successful, but you're not going to be a complete person. You're not going to be content. You know, you're not going to remember what brings you joy until you can reconnect with those around you and repair really and, and optimize, if you will, those relationships that you have and understand other people and what they need from you. It's a powerful psychological um, fundamental thought, you know, that we need to, we need to work on in my opinion, in my experience in working with people. Yeah. Right. Dan. right. In fact, you see, now you see the other part of it that you say that after 35 plus years as a professional consultative seller and sales leader, which is a tough thing, you know, about human beings, quite a quite lot from the ground level experience, then you have come to believe that we are happiest when we serve. Now right. you see the opposite part of it is that all through our life, we try and seek out something from the other. We seek out money from whatever transactions, even from relationships. That's right. And then in that process, we forget about giving even in relationships. As you said, that in relationship, that's the biggest challenge for uh, in today's time. And right. then you, you also say, that your experience is people are uh, most happy when they give. Exactly. That's one of the things we do. Uh, the, the company that I work with, uh, Aslan Training and Development, I'm a, I'm a certified partner for them. And I also do life coaching as a part of uh, my interactions with sales executives and, you know, really any executives that are feeling burned out and kind of kind of wiped out and unsure why they're, they're unhappy. But with Aslan, the whole focus is on being other centered, you know, and it's a and it has some religious, um, you know, foundation as well. You can go into a lot of religious texts and it tells you and teaches you some of those same concepts. Right. But when you if you in your work, if you really are are transparent with your motive and your motive is to help the people you work with then the, the aspect of where you get paid and you, you're successful, that will take care of itself. But if you are truly authentically focused on 
your clients and your customers and their success, and you listen and you understand their stated needs and their unstated needs, and you connect with them emotionally about what they're really trying to do. And then in, from your area as a subject matter expert, whatever you may be representing, you know, you, there are multiple things out there. We all do commerce in different ways, right? So whatever you're representing, whatever your area of expertise is, if you're really trying to help that person, it's not dependent on a deal. It's not dependent on a dollar. You know, it's dependent on that person feeling happy, trusting you as a trusted advisor. So when you have that kind of relationship, you're going to be successful in whatever it is that you're doing versus when someone contacts you and their motive is to get a dollar, is to get a deal, is to get you to sign up, to get you to close. You know, a lot of the language around the traditional sales process is very selfish in, in the way we talk to ourselves as salespeople. And this is a whole new way of, of approaching selling, you know? So it's, uh, it is. And it's, you know, when you are, as an individual, when you are doing something you feel like is a higher calling and a higher way of serving someone, you know, you're happier when you make a phone call. You're happier when you follow up with an email. You know, you're happier when you're you're helping that individual become receptive to the fact that you can help them. So it's a it's a different approach. And it's a to me, it's a very noble approach. It's a way of, of reframing the way that you go out and you win because you're helping them. Right. You're, you're giving them something they need. And when they trust you, that's you know, that's when uh, everybody's happy. Right. They trust you. You help them with your expertise. You provide a solution that works. And uh, you've got a relationship, hopefully, that's lifelong for you. Right. Right, Dan. But you see, from our relationship perspective, we have talked that relationships are facing a lot of challenge. And if you look at relationships at work, uh, there is so much of stress and so much of, you know, problems at workplaces. You say that we are most fulfilled when we remind others of their significance and importance. And right. yet... Every day we put down people, more talented people and better people at work. And, you know, who are above, you know, one can be better than me in so many things. Even in oh, there's sure. so many great podcast hosts. I just may be asking a few right questions, so many wrong questions. Right. But in every sphere of life, we find so many people better than us. Oh. And a lot of people just go and put them down. Now, when we know that we are going to be happy when we make them actually feel significant being you know and important we continue to do that and there is this word called cancel culture it's everywhere oh, um, yeah. so especially on social media so how do you see that uh, and then coming to the same thing so that you know i'm asking two questions at the same time so that you can put them you you take your time to answer okay. that people understand this thing it's not that you know, you are, you have to tell them, you are telling it now, but people have been speaking about such things from earlier on. People do understand that they have not done something right and that they have, you know, actually done something which their conscience will always uh, tell them about, but they continue. And they want to change, but then again, that is why I'm asking, why is it so hard to change? And when will they change? Is it uh, after, after 60 or is there a particular age for it? So two questions together. Right. Interesting. So you started out talking about stress and our worry that other people are better than us. And then the way that we respond in a negative way and we choose to, t uh, to tear other people down. 
you know, I think Confucius said that all unhappiness come from comparison. And I find that to be true. It's, you know, it's, it's really, you have to be self-aware enough to know that only you, you can only control yourself. One of the things that I share besides this whole unhappiness coming from comparison statement, which I find to be very true, is the other aspect of it that our stress level comes from trying to control things out of our control. And so we have to learn, I use a little acronym, it's called E plus uh, R equals O. And that's event plus response equals outcome. So when we have clarity on our outcome, when we know what we want to happen, what we would like to happen, what would be the ideal result of this, of an interaction or a process, whatever we're involved in, and an event happens, the only thing that we can control is how we respond. And so you speak about uh, cancel culture. I, I, I truly believe if you deal with people coming from a, a position of love and respect, you know, then what you say is loving and respectful. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, there's no hate involved when you question something. There's no, there's, there's no, there's this idea that if you say, you know, I disagree with certain things, I, you know, personally, you know, stepping out of the box here and maybe getting some, some uh, uh, criticism, I I don't know, but I'm not hating anyone. I believe that our children should be left alone, you know, to develop their own thoughts and their own, let them live their own life for a little while until they gain some age, until they get to a, a point where they're a little more mature before we start making serious decisions about, um, you know, their, their biological functions. That's my belief. That doesn't mean I hate anybody. That doesn't mean I'm against anybody. I love everybody. I just feel like that's something I believe, believe in, you know? And so that shouldn't, I don't think you should get canceled for that. You should be able to speak up and say, this is how I feel. It's of concern when we start doing those kinds of things. So you have to have a degree of courage to, to stand for, for your values and your beliefs. And if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything is this saying too, right? So I think it's important that you develop your opinion based on research, that you're knowledgeable. And again, that you're coming from a position of love and respect because that's where we have conversations, AJ. If you and I were to disagree, uh, you know, I love and respect you as a person. I'm honored. It's a privilege to be here speaking with you. And so I would listen to your your position and try to understand how you came to it and learn from you. So that's what we have to get back to in, in society. So that that's sort of a long answer to the first question that you asked. The second part of it, though, you were saying, at what point do people change? You know, it's interesting. We've we've developed society in our society this idea that no matter how bad I am, I'm OK, that I'm OK no matter what. And I think, you know, as we as we do that, we lose this ability to be self-reflective and to self-aware. You know, if you are mad all the time, if you are frustrated all the time, if you don't laugh and dance and sing, if you're if you're not filled with some joy and appreciation, if you don't see awe when you see things in nature and, and the beauty of nature and the world, when you look at other people, if you don't feel some love. Those are things that you that should be red flags to you. you. You've lost yourself a little bit and you need to go back and remember, what did I do as a child that gave me joy? What did I do when I was younger that made me laugh uncontrollably, right? And you need to recapture some of that. Most of the people I speak with have some musical ability or have some 
some unfettered activity that they used to do that, that they loved, you know, they really enjoyed. Could be dancing. It could be going out and playing in the rain. It could be any number of silly things that now we're too self-conscious to enjoy. You have to recapture that. You have to remind yourself, give yourself permission to bring joy back into your life and to be silly. And nobody's watching and judging you. And then if they are, you, you got to be secure in who you are enough to say, you know, this is who I am and I, I love myself. You, you mentioned making mistakes. You mentioned, you know, kind of uh, doing things, saying things against other people. Listen, we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. We sometimes we have uh, mean thoughts. Sometimes we have, you know, we may say or do something we regret. You know, it's a redemption is a fantastic thing when you talk about spirituality and it's not limited to any one religion. And so when you recognize the mistake, when you recognize toxic or poisonous or negative behavior and you take steps to, you know, apologize for that to yourself and to others when you can, but mainly forgive yourself for that transgression, but identify it and try to eliminate it. And you do that a little bit at a time, you know, so we're always working to get to our highest intent, right? To get to our divine ideal. And I think if we started with that in mind more often, you know, as a father, for example, what, what would my life look like? What would, what would my behavior as a father look like if I fulfilled my God-given potential? If I fulfilled my destiny as a father, what would that look like? How would that be different than what I am now? What, what can I do to get closer to that? So as we, as we set that as our, as our goal, we start every step, every word, every action we take, we want to move along the path that gets us closer to that, to that ideal. So I hope that answered your questions. I, I'm probably more than, than you wanted, right? So yes, yes, Dan, you have perfectly answered them. And so we will move towards solutions. What can we do about it rather than talking just about the problem? We have identified the problem. So now let's look at the solutions. Okay. But before that, you know, uh, Dan, is that you are founder and CEO of Five Forges Training and Development. First, what is this all about and what is a sales leader uh, doing here? Oh, what is a sales leader doing as a, as a founder of his own uh, practice? Well, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people. I got to a point in my career where I was not I was not happy. You know, the day to day interactions that I was doing, the 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 work that I was doing uh, and the and really the, the management is another aspect I think in our society right. we, we certainly need to improve on. You talked about stress. Good, good sales managers, they know their people, they connect with their people, they understand what motivates their people, why their people are working, why they come into the job every day. It may be that they have a special needs child that needs certain things. And I need, or it may be that, you know, my husband is a combat veteran and we've never really been on a, on a great vacation and he really wants to go to Hawaii or he wants to come visit New Delhi. You know, he's never been to India or what, whatever the issue is. People have things that they work, that they work to empower themselves to do things they want to do. The right. more you know about your people as a leader, the more you're able to help and support them. And that is your role as a leader. It's not to add stress, it's to remove barriers, right? We set very clear expectations of the results that we need. And then we make sure everything's out of the way. 
And then we go and we talk to our people based on what motivates them. And what we do as well is we diagnose where there are gaps in capability. So we pay attention. You know, we're the expert, we're the leader. I notice that when you go through discovery, maybe you don't ask enough questions. You don't take enough time to get to the real unstated needs. So we're gonna, I'm gonna help you address that because I wanna make sure you can take your husband to Hawaii. You know, the way we do that is we, we look at this deficiency, not really, but um, you know, you're not as competent as you need to be in this area. So we're gonna do some exercises together and you get their agreement and you work through that. So that's a, that's a leadership issue as we help people move forward. And what I found in my life, I was happiest when I was doing that, when I was dealing with people in that way. And so I, I also, I took the Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's, uh, their life coach training. And I found that I could touch people and help people change their negative beliefs and actions and create new empowering beliefs and actions and move forward and become much happier, you know? Uh, it works in, in relationships with family and friends, and it works with, in relationships with husbands and wives and significant others. You know, there's three levels of those relationships. You really are not going to have a sustainable, loving relationship, excuse me, until you get where you're 100% committed to that person's happiness. And they are, are, are 100% committed to yours as well. And that's difficult because we, we're taught you know, relationships are give and take. That's like horse trading. I'll do right. that. You do this, you know, and that's not really unconditional love. That's not, that is not a true transparent motive of loving that person, who they are, where they are and how they are right at this moment in time, no expectations for change. You know, you communicate what you need and what you, what makes you happy. And if that other person loves you in that way, then they work, to give that to you and you do the same. And it's, those are fulfilling relationships, you know? And so that's what I'm doing. That's why I founded my business in, in 2018 and uh, is to help, help other people. Um, I've always been positive. I've always been an optimist. I've always been a, a student of uh, neuroscience and NLP and Tony Robbins. And so I had an opportunity to get trained under those guys and, uh, it's really given me a lot of concepts and techniques to help others. And so that, that makes me happy. <laughs> right, right. And right now, I feel very happy to see you happy. And also, there is something in the backdrop, you know. It's such a wonderful place in the backdrop. Oh, I yeah. can see some greenery, a lot of greenery, in fact. And there is something rotating on the table, if I see it from here correctly or not. That's but a fan. That's a ceiling fan. Yeah, yeah. But it's a fan which is not on the ceiling, but it seems to be on the table or or whatever. That's what I see from here. But it's making a lovely, you know, uh, a lovely thing for uh, for for a person like me to look at it from far away from India. Well, I you wish know, I, could, I wish I could uh, zoom in on that for you, AJ. I, I have a log, I have a log cabin and it's on the shores of Lake Oconee outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, I made a decision probably, I don't know, I, I built the cabin uh, in 96. I moved out here full time in 2006. And so uh, I, it really is a peaceful, beautiful place. It's, it's right on the water and, and uh, I love it. Thank you for noticing and asking about it, actually. What else does a man want? Uh, want well, peace? 
you want right. happiness you want contentment that's right contentment for contentment and peace people have you know wandered for hundreds of for so many years that's humans right. have been wandering for hundreds of years that's just right. to find this word called peace that's exactly right yes contentment is an interesting word right so um i think when we're i think when we're younger and i maybe this may be wrong but i think that we we yearn for noise and we yearn for uh you know excitement and upheaval and you know it's everything is a uh, is a win or a loss and it's like you know it's great or it's not and you know as we get as we get a little more sort of self-assured i think we look for places where we're, we're comfortable and we are uh at peace and we can control our own environment and uh and so i'm very very fortunate i have a wonderful wife and i have a wonderful life here and i'm able to talk with smart people like yourself and uh and other people that are looking to uh, to to be happier, right? And so, it's a uh, it's it's good. Life is good, man. I, I really enjoy it. So, <laughs> good. You are practicing what you teach. That's yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> right. Certainly, so let's yeah. talk about others, about solutions, and okay. about practicing and teaching them what exactly how they can make themselves uh, their lives better, happier, and contented if possible. So what are the simple things they can do right now to feel happier and more confident? Well, I think if you if you can look at yourself now, I, I, I'm going to say this. There are options for people, right? You can read good books. There's several out there. Tony Robbins has several. There are several others. And if you actually um, do the exercises in a lot of those books, that's a good way to get started. You can find a good coach. Now, a good coach is, is not a cheerleader, but a good coach is going to talk to you about where you are and where you want to go. And it's identifying negative thoughts and behaviors and then creating new habits and rituals that instill positive thoughts and behaviors. And so if you have something you've been struggling with and you've tried often to fix it and you haven't been successful, I would suggest finding someone that will work with you. And specifically, when I start out with anybody, I use a uh, I use a survey from the VIA Institute. It's called the Character Strength Survey, and uh, it's 24 strengths that we all have. It's all based on positive psychology, and it gives you an idea of what what you do that you do well, so you can build on something that that you know is a part of who you are, and it gives you some things to be proud of and to pursue. So when you're pursuing new things you look for things that that allow you to use those character strengths that's one thing we do when we start there but really i, I start by asking people you know where are they emotionally um what is their right now what is their their emotional state are they angry are they frustrated are they mad um are they happy are they apathetic i mean let's let's find out where we are first so we know what we're dealing with and let's talk about what we've tried in the past right and what kind of work we've done that's kind of determined what we need to work on. What is our priority? Where are our values? Where is our focus right now? So my emotional state is the first thing, their emotional state, sorry. And then what are they focused on? What are they looking at? What are they, what are they worried about? Why are they taking this step right now? What is it that is, has finally caught their attention and made them want to do something? And then secondly, what is, what is, concerning them what is emotionally making them agitated right so 
you know, there may be an interaction with a certain individual. There may be something going on at work. There may be your reaction uh, to um, a relationship in your life or a certain person trying to give you feedback. Whatever that is, whatever's happening, let's find out what's getting you emotionally wound up. And then also, what are the relationships around you? You know, your children, your spouse, your parents, your colleagues, your friends, um, your peers, whoever, who's in your circle of influence and how are they, what, what are they doing? How are they interacting? What kind of, a, what kind of a, an effect are they having on you? And then finally, we'll choose one small thing that we can start making, uh, taking action on that day. One small thing, one small change that we can start taking action on that day. And then a good coach holds you accountable. Because you want to create meaningful change, I'm going to hold you accountable. I can't do that. I can't get you to create meaningful change unless you emotionally are bought into the payoff and you logically understand the steps. And often those steps are going to be a combination of physiology because we found neuroscientists have found the body and the mind is, is way more intertwined than I think most of us are aware of. Our, our body begins to take action often before our, our brain even recognizes what's going on. And so it's important that we, we start to be aware of our posture. Are we smiling? Are we frowning? You know, are we sad? Are we negative? What are the words we're using? You know, and what are we associating with this, with this behavior? What happens is we are, we're, we're meeting a need in some way with this negative behavior. And what we've got to do is identify the triggers for that. And then we're going to replace some positive behavior to meet that need. And it's, it's mentally and logically understanding. And then it's emotionally feeling the payoff of, of actually making that change. And that might be enhanced relationships. It might be, you know, your own self-awareness and your own being able to love yourself is it was one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. And often one of the most difficult, you know, we are re really hard on ourselves and we have to learn forgiveness is something we have to, to give ourselves. You know, it's a, it's a gift we need to give ourselves. But that's that's usually my my uh, my process right there in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> Hope it made sense. Yes, yes, it makes a sense, a lot of sense, not only to me, but also for a lot of people who it should make sense to and people who uh, you know, who want to change their lives for the yeah. better. Now, you're not talking about work, that there also the biggest change has to come, if I understand, because a lot of lives, you know, uh, families and their lives revolve around the work life of a husband or a wife, and if both are working or one is working. And right. you have to build everything around it. And that is why the role of a leadership at work that becomes very, very crucial. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. And that absolutely. is why, as you say, leaders, uh, as leaders, we must align, uh, help others align and elevate first, then create a culture of authenticity and empathy with our teams and organizations. Absolutely. I, yeah. Things are good somewhere. Things are not so good a lot, many places. What would you tell the leadership who can actually matter and bring about the change that is required so much. What would you tell them? And people who are who should be who are responsible for this, but are not doing that at the moment, they are passing through their own pace 
of you know being a part of the cancel culture or to create enough money for themselves and only money to regret later uh, we we want what would you tell them to look at others who are so dependent on them well you know the first thing i would say if we're going to talk to leaders you know i think these days the way to get the most out of your people is to show some empathy and as a leader you really need to understand your people and your people are not motivated by fear and stress and you know you what you end up doing is you suppress an individual to the degree that they are robotic in what they do and that is i i don't think if that's your company culture your people are going to reflect that to your customers and your prospects you know you want to empower your people you want to make sure that your people are good at what they need to do at the activities they need to do and you need to be in my opinion transparent about what the metrics are that you're interested in what however whatever your expectations are whatever your baseline results are let's be transparent about that and let's not talk about it like it's negative i want people that are aligned with my my expectations so i want to be transparent with those expectations and we're going to agree that these are reasonable you know and that when you do this you will be successful and then what i'm going to do is i'm going to help you in areas where you need help. So as I'm going out and I'm trying to prospect and I'm struggling, maybe I'm a young salesperson, right? And I'm, I'm feel clumsy on the phone. I'm going to see that as a leader. I'm going to have a cadence call with that individual and I'm going to ask them, what have you, what are you doing? Well, what's going great? What could you improve on? We're going to get to a point. We agree. Prospecting is something we need to work on and we're going to work on that together. All right. Here's a couple of things I think you should try. Why don't you tell me a couple of things you think you should try? And we're going to go through some practice sessions. At the end of two weeks, we're going to get back together. How do you feel? Are you getting better? Do we need to do more on this? Let me listen to you go through a few calls. It, when you care about your people, your people will care about your customers and your clients and your prospects. And so that's the kind of culture. It's still a results-driven culture. Hey, being a salesperson is not easy, you know? Right. But you're separating... You're separating the person from the activity that's required in the role. I'm not because you're struggling with these activities in this role doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Right. And I certainly don't think you're being you're struggling in these activities because you want to. I think you want to be successful. So my job is to help you get better and be more competent at the different you know, uh, roles or in the different uh competencies that you need in that role and then support you as a person as a member of my team somebody that i love and respect somebody i uniquely value and understand that's a whole different to me that's a change in our culture and i will tell you that leaders that don't do that that are harsh that are stressful that are demeaning that are condescending um they're being identified people will end up moving away from them you know right and, and to the people in your audience, to people listening, if you are in an environment where you are not valued and you are not respected and you're not spoken to with love and respect and they're not looking out for you as much as you are for them, you need to find something else. Go do something else. Find another person that cares about you. Life is, life is too short. Don't spend a year or five years in a place that is just grinding you down and taking away who you are. You, you deserve better than that. So find somebody that loves and respects you and work with them to be successful where everybody is successful. And there are places like that out there. Right. I believe that. Right. Right, Dan. You have put it quite well. Now, 
about people who actually want to make change to their lives, about organizations who want to bring betterment to their work culture. How would they connect you? How can they connect with you and take your help, assistance, engage with you? How do they do that? Well, there's there's a couple of different ways. One, the most uh, available probably is LinkedIn. It's just Dan Howington on LinkedIn. You'll see me. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't think there's another one there, but uh, hopefully you'll recognize what I do. And when you look at me on LinkedIn and just message me on LinkedIn, but I also have an email for my company. It's Dan at five forges and uh, be glad to engage. You know, I'll talk with anybody, anybody about anything, AJ, if, you know, I'm not, my role is to help people. And so if you call me, the last thing I'm going to try to do is, is close you or sell you or, anything else like that. I'm, I'm a, a trusted advisor. I'm a subject matter expert in these areas. Uh, I can help you with your sales team. I can help you with individual sales people. I can help you as a sales leader and I can help your leadership um, develop habits and develop a culture of being other centered towards your customers, your clients and your team. So ready to help any way I can just reach out. Right. Right. For those of people, those of them who are so fearful or to take the right step, I can tell you they must look at the backdrop, background, uh, you know, that you are staying in and those <laughs> that fan moving, you know, that's the time moving actually and you still have time. So take the right step. And if that doesn't work, see the hills in the backdrop. And, you know, it, it is such a wonderful scene to see. It also reminds me of my town the place i was i spent my childhood so far far away from here my home. Oh, you go with back this, and visit you need to go back and this, visit, man. Yes, <laughs> i'm also working towards towards the same thing that you have already achieved dan oh, so let's see let's that's great you're still a young man aj you've got plenty of time Thank i've you. got a few years Thank on you i believe so <laughs> with this it's a wrap on this very special edition of the kj masterclass Thank you so much, Dan, for the Thank wonderful you, sir. Pleasure to speak with you.